Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 6th of December, year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome to another episode of Shoot the J in what has actually been a pretty jam-packed day for me, um, doing some running around. I helped a guy in my building, some random guy, I don't know who he was, move his fridge up four flights of stairs. I didn't have to do that. I just out of the kindness of my heart. So hopefully some good karma comes my way for that. Um, and also a pretty improbable and, and you know what, man, I got to be honest, really interesting win from the Detroit Lions. That was pretty fun. We're going to break that down on the next episode of the Motown Rundown, where we will also have a special guest that will be helping us break down and give a season preview for the Detroit Pistons this year. Now, I know you're looking at the title of this episode and you're thinking, Nick, all right, you got something that you want to say about the Pistons. You want to talk about them a little bit. Um, I'm not going to keep you hanging. Let's just jump right into it. The reality is that I feel increasingly better and better about this team as we get closer to uh, the preseason and obviously the regular season. The preseason is actually going to be starting here in five days. Like We get to see Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, um, Isaiah Stewart. I, I don't really know how much we're going to see of Saban Lee a lot in the preseason maybe. Um, we get to finally see all these guys play like this week it's happening feels like the draft just happened right feels like free agency just happened i know it's because it, it well because it did and we get to see them play this week the preseason tips off on friday against the new york knicks um <clears throat> excuse me i'm excited and the reason that i feel good about this team is you know you just kind of look at the roster top to bottom um and well let me also say this when i say i feel good about them um i don't mean that i think that they're going to be anything special like far, far from it. As a matter of fact, I just mean that from a developmentally um, productive standpoint, I think that this season's going to be really fun, and I think that we're going to see a lot of interesting things. Day one of training camp, which was today, was actually perfectly indicative of why I feel that way, it, and it kind of validates a lot of it. And we heard a lot of these things, a lot of really interesting uh, tidbits, little nuggets here and there during in what would normally be media day media week last week for the pistons um different guys jumping in every single day um we got to hear from everybody and it was it was really fun so you know i feel good you know reading some quotes from Dwayne casey about how high the intensity level was and 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 sure you know you're going to hear some things here and there that are more or less sort of like a, a training camp or media day like bingo sheet like, oh, yep, I'm in the best shape of my career. Oh, injury X? Nah, that's not really a thing anymore. Um, this is the most, you know, in shape I've ever been. This is the most athletic this guy's ever looked. Or, you know, I think he's really... Like, you hear a lot of that stuff, and you just kind of, you know, it kind of just is what it is. Um, but Dwayne Casey saying, hey, like, no one was really with the training staff today. We all just kind of went out and played. Like, everybody was healthy. Um, and then some of the more notable things that we were hearing uh, were, it was regarding Killian Hayes. And, and how he looked on day one of training camp. Um, the first thing that Casey pointed out was that, um, presumably in a scrimmage, Killian Hayes had three or four blocks, which is like, okay, like tomorrow he could have none. He could have none for the rest of the week. Could have just been a hilarious anomaly that Killian Hayes was able to get a hand up and, you know, get a hand on the ball three or four times. But, like, that's not nothing, right? That's not nothing. You know, one of the other Killian Hayes things that we heard, um, which it, it – kind of made me feel like I got to take the the smallest victory lap possible. Uh, Casey saying that the starting point guard spot isn't set in stone. <clears throat> Excuse me again. But it looks like right now, Killian Hayes is the guy. Like, day one, it looks like they're going to put Killian there. 
And everything that we heard from Derrick Rose was like, I'm literally geared to help him get better. And like, that's kind of, that's just it. And I'm cool with it, man. Like that's, if that's what you want me to do, I'm happy to do it. Um, Derek, like explicitly telling Killian, like, this is your show now, um, is amazing. Like that is so exciting. And the reason I feel like I get to take a, the smallest victory lap is because there is a small contingency or pocket of fans who are like, no, of course it's going to be Derrick Rose. You don't have Derrick Rose on the team just to be on the bench, just to come off as a sixth, even though that's literally what he did last year and that's what he's been doing in recent years. Um, in terms of you know positions that are actually kind of open, really all that it is right now is one that's not really surprising, and it's a shooting guard. You know, there are four or five guys that you could – feasibly plug in there um in the in the starting lineup and i you know the delon wright josh ja josh jackson uh Svi. and and i think you know one of the things that we're gonna see there's also a, a reality where they play a two-point guard lineup with killian and Derek, and i don't imagine that's gonna happen too much but as much uh lineup roulette as Dwayne casey loves to play i i don't know that we're gonna see it as much as we usually have with him um in these last two years only because I do feel like, for the most part, we kind of know what we have. Like, if Killian's the one, okay, like, Killian's the one. Um, if you want to put Jeremy Grant at the three or the four, like, it, him and Blake are somewhat interchangeable there. And then Plumlee at the five, like, maybe you could, you know, put Okafor there on some occasions. I think, for the most part, the only sort of rearranging that you're going to see is with the second unit and who's going to play where. You know what I mean? Uh, Wayne Ellington is another guy that could play at shooting guard. I don't think I mentioned him, but that's probably the most obvious one and one that, you know, wouldn't surprise me. Like if day one, uh, you know, opening night against Minnesota, it's Killian, Wayne Ellington, uh, Blake, Jeremy Grant, and and Mason Plumley. You know, how surprising is that really going to be? Probably not very. And Wayne Ellington, speaking of him, uh, he's somebody who actually also pointed something out about Killian that really got everybody excited um, citing a few lobs that he threw um, to Plumley, And then he went on to say, like, he was making quote-unquote veteran plays, which is, like, the most difficult thing for me has been trying to weather my expectations. And I know a lot of people have struggled with this as well. And this is something, because I don't want to get too much into it because we're going we're gonna to cover it on the Motown Rundown, and I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to sort of just say the same thing within a few days, but... You know, it, it, there's a real challenge. Um, you know, we finally have this, like, shiny new toy that we definitively know is pretty good and is, like, pretty highly touted. You know, the fifth best odds currently to win Rookie of the Year. And, you know, he feasibly could. Like, it's entirely within the realm of possibility that in six months, you know, we've kind of gotten behind him on this whole thing. And sure, he'll hit, and inevitably, he'll hit a rookie wall where his production starts to drop off, but... You know, we're, so far, we've been led to believe that he's going to hit the ground running. You know, he's going to start fast and and he's really going to show us something fun. So, like, I'm really excited, but I need to chill a little bit. Um, and these quotes definitely aren't helping. Just back to Ellington um, for a second, though. You know, he, he said he wanted to come back to Detroit because he really liked the, the prospect of, you know, leadership and, um, you know, playing a role in that leadership said that the uh, the mix of veterans and young guys was really interesting and that he enjoyed his first stint with Detroit, which, mind you, wasn't very many games. I think it was maybe, what, 25 games, 25, 30 games, because we got him in the buyout market from Miami, um, and then we didn't re-sign him. So, you know, it's, it's really, I'm uh, you know, more than happy to have him back. It's just, I guess I was a little bit surprised. Like, really? Okay, we made that much of an impression on you. That's kind of fun, I guess. Um, Killian also talking about how this is the most athletic team that he's played on and, you know, 
um, this uh, the word athleticism and length, those two words were thrown around quite a bit today um, from the availability that we were able to hear from some of the players and, uh, and, and Casey himself, um, which is like, again, that's just sort of one of those run-of-the-mill rudimentary things, um, those like uh, trigger words, I guess, that you just kind of hear and you're like, yep, that's a pretty pretty standard first day of training camp, I guess. And then also like just hearing a little bit about you know, Seku actually sort of being vocal and, and talking to some of the rookies and saying like, hey, we should, you know, we want to do this. And like, this is, you know, trying to sort of bring, you know, his knowledge of, you know, his, his as, as brief as it may have been last year, um, his one year of experience sort of just trying to shed some light on that and give some of that to the rookies is really encouraging. And, and, I, and I know Dwayne Casey sort of teased the idea of him playing center a few months ago when we had our in-market bubble. It doesn't really sound like that's a thing anymore. Um, you know, if we play small, Seku's probably still going to play the three or four, which is like I, fine with me. Put Blake at the five if you want, uh, which isn't really particularly small. But, you know, Seku's leap this year is going to be something that I think we're all – that's really kind of there, – there's not, not been much light shed on it because we have so much else to focus on. But it's something that I don't really even know what to expect there. Um, so I'm – Obviously, with Seku, I'm really excited to see how he plays. There's a he said he's like conditioning better. He's more in shape because that was something he struggled with last year. Um, hopefully, because I never really thought that it was a confidence thing with him. It was more of a matter of opportunity. Um, where like I because I, again I, I don't think it was confidence because when he got the ball, sometimes he would just put up super ill-advised shots, only because he otherwise isn't getting touches. So it's like I want to make the most of this opportunity, and I've talked about this a hundred times, but. Um, it's not a confidence thing. It's opportunity, you know, trying to sort of set him up to actually succeed the way that we did in those first, you know, what, 14 days that he was actually starting for the Pistons to start 2020, um, you know, on that West Coast uh, road trip. And then he ended the game or ended that stretch in Boston, putting up like 24, I think maybe it was 26. And then he just fell off a cliff. So really excited to see where his production goes. Um, I still think he was obviously a complete steal in the 2019 draft. And, you know, so that's going to be really fun. But just going back to it, like, I feel really good about the idea. And I mentioned this on Motown Rundown last week. I think it was last week that, you know, the Pistons, I also tweeted this. The Pistons have three legitimate chances at an all-rookie player this year. Someone could get on an all-rookie team. Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, and Killian Hayes. And we also have, again, a legitimate shot at Rookie of the Year. And and I don't think it's a complete bust if, if you know, none of them get any of those accolades. But... There's definitely some sort of acceleration process if they do, um, you know, if not on paper or I'm sorry, if not on, on the actual floor, at least in our mindsets, it's like, OK, so this is trending upwards and we finally invest in this rebuild and it's finally actually going the way that we always sort of anticipated that it would, which is a little bit frustrating because it's like, well, then we actually probably should have been doing this a few years ago. But on that, uh, I mean, just to use my same logic, we waited until this exact moment. And if, if these players pan out to be what we think they could be, then it's like we actually waited until the perfect moment because we got this perfect amalgamation of players that complement each other really well. We got the exact class that we needed in what was otherwise regarded as a pretty weak draft class. Um, it's really fun. And I think the one player that it sounds like is going to surprise a lot of people is Isaiah Stewart. And I'm really excited to see where he fits in the rotation behind Okafor and behind Plumlee. 
Um, you know, I think maybe they maybe they'll put Jalil in at the four and Isaiah at the five, or or vice versa in the second unit. You know, that remains to be seen. Seiko at the three, um, whoever at the two, because again, that's that's way up in the air. And then Derek Rose at the one. Um, there are a lot of moving pieces here. You know, I think for a few weeks you're going to see this roster probably go like 13 deep, which is you know even if that 13 guy is only playing a handful of minutes, um, I think it's entirely within the realm of possibility. Now, obviously, preseason is going to give us a pretty good indication of, you know, who's actually going to play. Like a guy like John Amusa, I, you know what, man, I don't, what do you want me to say, you know? And I know that the Pistons, if memory serves, I believe they do actually have to cut somebody. I think they have, like, too many uh, guys on the roster, um, not just for training camp, but, like, if the season were to start today, I think they have 16. Actually, wait a minute, didn't that, was that a, was that a thing? Did they just say that you can actually have, like, 17 guys in the roster. I don't remember. I'll have to look that up later. But um, I think it was Keith Smith that tweeted out, who's a very reliable person to listen to, um, that Detroit's going to have to cut somebody. Don't really know who that's going to be. Maybe, like, Magruder. I don't think it's going to be Musa. That would that would surprise me. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people who are like, well, they're going to keep LiAngelo Ball. It's not going to happen. We're not going to talk about that. If you want to hear my actual thoughts on that, or Matthews, for that matter, you can listen to the Motown Rundown uh, our most recent episode from last week where we did get into that. I believe at the tail end, I don't remember exactly what the what the timestamp is, but we did talk about it. Um, but, you know, I, I just I'm really excited to see how, you know, Plumlee fits in um, and, and how how the whole Jeremy Grant thing is going to work, because I I'm I'm really glad. You know what, man, if anything else, if nothing else, like, yeah, the, watching the rookies play is going to be really fun. That's going to be great. Watching all those guys run around. It's going to be awesome. But if I would have had to have waited from July to October to figure out if this whole Jeremy Grant thing was going to work, I would have lost my mind. So I'm really glad that I had to wait all of like four weeks, three weeks. Um, and I'm finally going to get some sort of an answer. So that's really exciting. Josh Jackson's another guy. And, I, and I've said this a few times. I'm just really, and, and Dwayne Casey also said today that like defensively, the prowess is there. The mindset is there. Um, the attention to the craft is there with Josh Jackson. Offensively, there's still some work to be done. And that's expected. It's really not surprising at all. Um, so that's that's somebody to, to really look out for. And I'm not really expecting Josh Jackson to be like a total plus by any stretch of the imagination. But I think if there's any sort of like a resurgence in his career that is to happen, I think Detroit is probably the place that it would for a number of reasons. And I think the main one is because like this is probably locationally, geographically, the best place for him considering his entire support system is literally within like 45 minutes of Detroit. So really happy for him as an individual. And even listening to him on Media Day was actually really exciting because he did genuinely sound pretty pumped to be here. So I think I think it's going to be fun. Um, I, I, you know, it's going to be a really stressful, mentally strenuous and exhausting season. You know, we're going to lose a lot of basketball games. Some of them are going to be close. And I think more, most of them won't be, um, at all. You know, I think you're going to find the Pistons are going to win some games that they have no business winning. Um, like we, we beat Denver last year at home. Pretty sure Bruce had a triple double in that game. Uh, when we ventured out to Denver last year, Jeremy Grant actually scored a career high. I believe he had 29, a lot of stationary scoring, a lot of other people, maybe not stationary, that's probably not the right word for it, but people, other people setting him up because he's not, he was never really creating his own shot. Um, you know, and, and I'm like, things like, uh, what's something I'm excited to see? A Blake Griffin dribble handoff to Sadiq Bay. 
right? Like the way that he always used to do it with Luke or like Tony Snell. Well, he didn't really get to do it with Tony Snell, but with Luke, like that's I'm just excited for for the little, little the little nuances of his game to sort of unfold with this team and with Derrick Rose. I'm excited to see the fit. Um, I'm excited to see how he allows Killian to sort of you know blossom and accelerate his development. So um, I, I just feel I feel positive. You know, I, I just I, I'm really enjoying the direction of this team. And while I don't necessarily agree with everything that Troy has done, um, I, you know, at the end of the day, I know that it's what's right for the team. To an extent, like the bigger picture of it is right for the team. So we'll see what they do. And again, I'm not expecting them to be very good at all, but I'm happy. And I hope I hope other people are – there's a lot of buzz with Pistons fans, which is really encouraging to see. So if you made it this far, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. One final time, Motown Rundown dropping on Thursday. Matthew and I will be talking to a special guest – who, if you're a regular listener of this show, it may not be too much of a surprise as to who it is, but uh, I will leave that um, ambiguous for now, and you can figure out who it is on Thursday. We'll be dropping that um, then. Uh, again, Pistons season breakdown, so I hope you guys check that out as well. Going to give some more extensive thoughts there, ask some really fun questions, get some insight. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, I will catch you guys in the next one.